Hello, brothers and sisters. It is the Remnant Warrior here to tell you guys about another absolutely amazing way for you to get exclusive access to documentaries, audio and ebooks, and exclusive episodes of our brand new monthly subscription only podcast with myself, John, and Jeremy from By Their Fruits and a different special guest host each month. And best of all, you, the subscribers, get to vote and choose on the topic that we discuss in the episodes each month. You get all of this as well as the same access to the almost 200 episodes, books, and documentaries that you already have access to for only $2.99 a month. Now, we have a library of over 250 documentaries, ebooks, and audiobooks that we will be uploading to our subscriber only content each month you will not only get access to absolutely amazing content but you will also be helping this ministry to continue to spread the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to over 70 nations around the world that currently listen to the programs and Bible studies on Kingdom Productions Network. So guys, please pray about becoming a monthly subscriber. It's only $2.99 a month. That's less than a latte at Starbucks. So I hope you guys will sincerely think about helping us out and I love each and every one of you may God bless you all grace and peace you are now listening to the place for biblical end times truth the remnant report
to another edition of the Remnant Report. I am your host, the Remnant Warrior, aka Pastor Jeremy Anderson, or vice versa. And we are starting tonight a brand new series into the end times or what most people call the end times and our series is going to begin with the Olivet Discourse and if you aren't familiar with what the Olivet Discourse is, it is where Jesus teaches his disciples in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew, it's Matthew 24, which I'm sure that all of you are very familiar with Matthew 24 because it is by far the most well-known and most popular of the three accounts of the Olivet Discourse. But you also have uh, Luke 21 and the other parallel count in the book of Mark. But for our study today, the beginning of our look into the Olivet Discourse, we are going to focus on Matthew 24 and Luke 21. And allow me to go ahead and apologize off the bat if my dog makes any noise because she's in the office with me and I hear her every once in a while. So I know if I can hear her, then the mic is definitely picking her up. Also, I hope that you aren't able to hear it too much, but it is still pretty hot in my office this evening, even though I waited until 10 minutes, until 9 tonight to record tonight's episode, because it was pretty hot today. And so, although I started recording with the window unit in my office cut off, I had to go ahead and cut it on and just pray that it doesn't um, come through the uh, mic too bad and that the sound quality isn't such to where you all aren't able to listen to the episode and Get everything out of it that the Lord wants for you. And 
I know that it won't be, but I just pray that you all will listen to everything that is said in this episode and don't use the window, the air conditioner sounds from the window unit as an excuse to turn the episode off before you actually hear everything that I'm saying. Because if you don't listen to the entire episode, or in fact, if you don't listen to the entire series that we're going to be doing, then you could very easily be fooled into believing that I am promoting doctrines from partial preterism, and if you're familiar with me and this ministry at all, then you know that nothing could be further from the truth. However, if you aren't, then you could be misled into believing that I am leaning in that direction if you don't listen to the entire episode and actually the entire series before it's all said and done. But we're going to be doing one episode per week on this series on the Olivet Discourse. And each episode will be on Friday. Um, They'll probably air Friday mornings, although I'll probably record them in the evening time like I'm doing tonight. So Thursday night, the night before. So you can look for uh, another edition in this series to come out every Friday morning. And it is my hope and prayer that you will get into this series and get something out of it and that you'll do so in a way that has you looking forward to hearing the new episode each week. So without any further ado from me, we are going to go ahead and jump into the first episode in this new series. And we're going to start off by looking at the three different events in all of Scripture that are called the coming of the Son of Man because there are three separate events, three different occasions that are all called the same thing that are all talking about something completely different. Now, The first event that is called the coming of the Son of Man is, of course, the first advent of Jesus Christ when he was born to the Virgin Mary 
and the Carpenter Joseph. And that, of course, is in Matthew 1, verse 18, Luke 1, 26, and 2, 11, or more precisely, 1, 26 through 2, 11. And it's also seen in John chapter 1 where it talks about the Son of Man, how Jesus was the Word, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it goes on to say that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, talking about how Jesus was born into the human race in order to be our kinsman redeemer. So when Jesus is born of a virgin in his first advent, when he comes the first time as our kinsman redeemer, that is the first event in the Bible known as the coming of the Son of Man. Now, you can also see Luke 19.11 to see the different ways in which Scripture uses the phrase um, coming into his kingdom in reference to Matthew 24 when it talks about immediately after the tribulation of those days that the sun and moon will be darkened and the sign of the Son of Man would appear in the heavens and he would come and gather his elect from the four winds of the earth and that of course is not talking about the first advent of Jesus Christ. That's actually in reference to the second event known as the coming of the Son of Man. And the second event known as the coming of the Son of Man is when Scripture talks about Jesus coming on the clouds or coming into his kingdom and we're gonna see and we're actually going to focus tonight if we have time we're going to start off our series on the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 but in between the things that we talk about and look at or either at the end, if we have time, we are going to focus on the second event that the Bible calls the coming of the Son of Man that is often confused with the second coming of Jesus Christ when Christ returns in all of his glory to judge 
the living and the dead. And that, of course, the second coming is the third event that Scripture calls the coming of the Son of Man. And hopefully we will have time to look at and talk about all three events tonight. But if we don't, we are definitely going to focus our attention on number two. Like I said, the second event that's called the coming of the Son of Man is Jesus coming on the clouds. And I want to kind of break it down before I just tell you point blank what it is. But I will give you a little bit of a spoiler and tell you that because I don't want anybody to once they hear me break down Matthew 24 I don't want anybody to accuse me of preterism either partial or full preterism so I want to make it clear that the second event that is talked talk about the coming of the Son of Man that's called Jesus coming on the clouds or coming into his kingdom is not, I repeat, it is not the second coming. And I will prove this emphatically without a doubt from many places in Scripture beginning in the Old Testament. And finally, in the book of Revelation. But we're going to go ahead and start by looking at the coming of the Son of Man, the second event. And we're going to go to the Word of God, and we're going to look first in Matthew, let's look at Matthew chapter 10, well, I take that back, before we go into the New Testament at all, let's begin in the Old Testament with Daniel chapter 7. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to see exactly what Jesus coming on the clouds is referring to if, if it isn't talking about the second coming of Christ. What is Jesus coming into his kingdom? Now, in Daniel 7, that is where Daniel has his vision of the four beasts. And it is in, let me look at my notes so I don't have to read the entire chapter here, just for time's sake. We are, um, we, we're actually going to look in 
two different places in Daniel, but we're going to begin in Daniel 7. We're going to look at Daniel 7 and Daniel 2. But in Daniel chapter 7, we're going to start off in verse 13. And actually, let's start at verse 11. This is Daniel speaking, and he says, Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. Now, we may want to go up just a little higher for um, that way we keep everything in context. So that we can see what this horn is Daniel's referring to. And we'll just go ahead and start with verse 1. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, I, Daniel, saw a dream and vision. Or, excuse me, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind also was given to it, and behold another beast, a second one, resembling a bear, and it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. After this I kept looking, and behold, another one like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying. And extremely strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them. And three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth uttering great blasphemies. And I kept looking until thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels were a burning fire. 
a river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him thousands upon thousands were attending him and myriads upon myriads were standing before him the court sat and the books were open then i kept looking because of the sound and the boastful words which the horn was speaking i kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire as for the rest of the beast their dominion was taken away but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time i kept looking in the night visions and behold and we're back at verse 13 now and behold with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him and unto him was given dominion glory and a kingdom that all the peoples nations and men of every language might serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed and it is in verse 15 here where the um, commentary in my bible has this subtitle it says here in verse 15 the vision interpreted as for me daniel my spirit was distressed within me and the visions in my mind kept alarming me i approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things these great beasts which are four in number are four kings who will arise from the earth but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come now I want to point something out that I'm actually just noticing here recording this with you guys preparing for this study and you know when I was writing all the scriptures down and going over the things that I was going to talk about I knew exactly what I was going to talk about but this is the beauty of the Word of God no matter how many times you read it no matter how much study you put into it you will always find something new that you did not see before and this is one of those times as many times in the past as I have read this scripture or this uh, chapter and as many times this week as I have studied Daniel chapter 7 in preparing for this lesson, I did not notice what I just saw 
and I don't know exactly what it means, so I'm not going to try to interpret it yet, but I do want to point it out. Daniel is asking the meaning of the visions, and one of the first things that he finds out is about the beasts. And there are, verse 17 says, These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings, who will, who will arise from the earth, but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Now, I'm pretty sure that what it is saying here when it says the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom, I'm pretty sure that the highest one it's talking about is God. Um, for a minute, I'll explain what was throwing me off and something that I thought I was seeing for the first time. I thought it was talking about one of the kings when it said the saints of the highest one. And that's what threw me off there for a second. But I'm pretty sure that the highest one that it is referring to there is, is God. So just let's forget about that for a minute because I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what it's saying. So, the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Then I desire to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boast, and which was larger in appearance than its associates. Okay, I'm going to stop there because we don't need to read any further for what we are talking about. Starting in verse, verse 13 is... Daniel 7.13 is what we need to pay attention to. Daniel says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So, right off the bat, what we see in Daniel chapter 7 Starting in verse 13 is what? 
we see the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he comes to the Ancient of Days and was presented to him. And it is at this time when Daniel, I mean, uh, excuse me, when Jesus or the Son of Man is given dominion, glory, and an everlasting kingdom made up of people from all nations, languages, and tongues. So, in other words, it is at this time in heaven before the Father when Jesus is, he comes to God the Father, he's presented to him, and the Father gives him dominion, glory, and a kingdom made up of all peoples, nations, and tongues. His dominion and kingdom will never pass away. And it is one which can never be destroyed. So, Daniel chapter 7 in the Old Testament is the first place where we hear about Jesus coming on the clouds or coming with the clouds. And we can see in Daniel, the first time it's mentioned that it is not in reference to the second coming of Christ. So, before we make any, you know, decisions one way or the other, we're going to go ahead now and we are going to go to Matthew chapter 24 and we are going to see what we can see as far as what is said in Matthew 24, as well as in the parallel passages in Luke and in Mark. But we also want to look at Matthew chapter. 13 and Matthew chapter 16 before we get to Matthew 24. So let's first go to Matthew chapter 10, starting with verse 23, and we're going to see where Jesus says this. Actually, we are going to go up to verse 16, and it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and you will even be brought before the governors and kings, for my name's sake, as a testimony and witness to them and to the Gentiles. So right here in Matthew 10, we see that this is 
for a witness to both Jews and Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or even what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Holy Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death, and father his child, and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one that has endured until the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. And here's the key. For truly I say unto you, you will not finish going through all the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. So, in Matthew 10... The coming of the Son of Man that Jesus is talking about here cannot possibly be talking about the second coming. Because we know that God is not a liar and that every word in the Bible is true. But here Jesus says to the disciples that they will not even be able to go throughout the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So in other words, they will not be able to spread the gospel or set up churches throughout just Israel, not the whole world, not even the the you know, Roman world at that time, but just the cities within Israel before they have gone through the cities of Israel, the Son of Man will have already come. So now, with that in mind, let's turn and go to Matthew chapter 16, and let's look at verse 28. Matthew 16, well, let's start at verse 21. Verse 21 is when Jesus starts to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Okay. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. You are not setting your mind on God's will, 
but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man, now listen, verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Now, verse 28 is the key. It's the verse that we want to pay attention to. Truly, I say unto you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, I have heard many, many um, interpretations and uh, takes on this passage in Matthew chapter 16 and um the most the most visible one that i have heard until i really began to see the truth about this was that jesus was talking about the apostle john and how he would be able to see the second coming through his vision that God gives him of the end that he writes down in the book of Revelation, but that isn't the case. Now, it is the case in the sense that John was blessed to be able to see these things when God revealed all of these things to him in his vision that enabled him to write the book of Revelation. However, that is not what Jesus is talking about here. The coming of the Son of Man that Jesus is referring to here is not the second coming. It is the same coming of the Son of Man that we have been talking about beginning in Daniel. It is the second event that we see in Scripture that is called the coming of the Son of Man. The first being the birth of Jesus Christ. The second is what we are talking about, which is Jesus coming on the clouds, or Jesus coming into his kingdom or as it says here in Matthew 16 that the son of man coming in his kingdom 
Now, that most of the time, it really makes zero difference who the preacher or teacher is. I know of maybe one or two other modern pastors or evangelists or preachers of any kind other than myself that are not preterist that teach that this is talking about something other than the second coming that happens after the great tribulation very 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 few now i'm sure that there are others that i don't know about that i haven't seen that don't have you know platforms online for people to hear their sermons and listen to them teach on the end times but i've heard many many brothers in christ who i respect with all my heart i don't want to name their names because i don't want anybody else to think badly of them because just because someone is mistaken about something does not have anything to do with their love of christ and I would argue without any doubt whatsoever in my mind that quite a few of the people, and at least one that is on my mind right now, that believe and teach that this is talking about the second coming of Christ, is someone who is a very sound um, minister of the gospel and who loves the Lord with all of his heart and is someone that I have learned more about how to love the Lord and love my brothers and sisters both in the body and outside of the body than anyone else in my entire life except for our Lord and Savior himself. So just because someone holds the wrong belief about this one instance, this one event and teaching has absolutely zero to do with whether or not they are saved, whether or not they love the Lord, and whether or not they are a sound teacher because nobody that I know has it all figured out in including and especially myself you know I said on the last episode that 
was the first part of the series that myself, Brother John, Brisson, and um, Brother Jeremy Stone from By Their Fruits are have just recently started on the mystery and revelation of the mystery of God as foretold by the prophets and seen in scripture. I just said last night, as a matter of fact, or yesterday afternoon when it was recorded, that I reserve the right to admit that I was wrong. And when I said that, I was talking about Bible prophecy. Because Bible prophecy is one of the things that I am the least dogmatic about, except for a few key doctrines and key parts. And there are some um, systems of theology, and I mentioned those with Brother John, in the last episode that we did, the, the first part of this teaching on the mystery and the revelation of the mystery, um, you know, I, I made it known that except for the theology of full preterism, which is very dangerous and can be heretical, as well as the absolute heretical doctrine of dominionism that's sometimes called um, postmillennialism. Both of those things are absolutely systems of theology that that are as a whole dangerous and people who are full preterist or who are dominionist i have a hard time believing if they are truly saved if they are truly followers of Christ because the things that you must believe and the things that you must practice to hold to those systems of theology in my opinion and I'm you know I can prove this from scripture are things that are absolutely antichrist. And I honestly do not believe you can hold antichrist doctrines and beliefs and yet be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that the majority of you know full well that I harbor some pretty serious prejudice towards dispensationalism, 
Hebrew roots and Christian Zionism. But except for extreme forms of dispensationalism and Hebrew roots um, movements like sacred namers and those who go so far as to say that if if there was a third temple that we would be required to reinstitute the daily sacrifices you know except for those forms of the doctrines I truly believe that for the most part unless it's the extreme forms these doctrines are dangerous but not deadly they can be and they are definitely flammable doctrines but they aren't necessarily um damnable doctrines now we are Actually, I think we've done a pretty good job in a little less than an hour of showing at least a lot of what I wanted to focus on in this episode, which is the second event in Scripture that is known and called the coming of the Son of Man, but we definitely have not shown everything that we needed to and it's because of that that we're going to continue looking at Jesus coming into his kingdom what the Bible is talking about and we are going to prove 100% that this is not the second coming but indeed is and I'm gonna just go ahead go ahead and say it I'm sorry I, I didn't mean to breathe in the mic so hard but what the event that the Bible calls the coming on the clouds Jesus coming on the clouds or Jesus coming into his kingdom this is always talking about the ascension of Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus told the apostles that there would be those there who would be alive to see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom and that they would not even go through all the cities of Israel before the Son of Man came into his kingdom. So we are going to continue looking at this from other places in Scripture, including Revelation, and we are going to prove that this is referring to the ascension of Jesus Christ and the Jesus coming into the kingdom of heaven and 
God the Father presenting Jesus with his dominion, power, and glory, and his kingdom that would last forever. Now, I will say that a lot of millennials will, I mean, they actually saw this first, and they they used this, or these scriptures, as their proofs that, you know, uh, the millennium began in the first century, and the first time I actually saw this, and knew that that's what this was talking about as far as Jesus coming into his kingdom, I was extremely tempted to believe in amillennialism. But it'll probably be part two, but I will show you guys how this can be 100% truth, but not talking about amillennialism. And it does not prove amillennialism, even though there was a time that I believed it did. But we're going to look now at the other passages of scripture that I have for you guys that show without a doubt that this is talking about the ascension of Christ into heaven and coming to the right hand of the Father where he rules and reigns and we rule and reign with him until he comes again, his second coming. So we've already seen that Scripture uses the term the coming of the Son of Man in different forms, and the way that we are focusing on today is the second form, which is Jesus coming in the clouds, Jesus coming into his kingdom. Now, this, as I'm sure some of you already are, and if you aren't, others will be, this can sometimes be confusing, and I, I don't want anyone to be confused. So we're going to try to look at as much scripture as we possibly can. And we've already looked at Daniel chapter 7, the vision Daniel had that shows Jesus coming into his kingdom and being given his dominion and kingdom by the Father. We've looked at two passages in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 16. And we are also going to look at Luke chapter 19. And 
we are going to start in verse, let's see, probably the verse to pay most attention, the, the, the most attention to would probably start in verse 11. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, and then returned. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. So, what I want to pay attention to, there is a lot more in this parable, but the part that we want to focus on for what we've been looking at today is how the nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then returned. So we need to ask ourselves, is it more likely that Jesus is talking about his coming the first time when he was born into the human race of the Virgin Mary as going to a distant country to receive a kingdom and his coming back again as his coming back or his return as it says or does it make more sense for it to be talking about Jesus ascension and going on the clouds into heaven to the Father where he receives his kingdom, as we saw in Daniel, and then, at the appointed time, return again, just as he promised the apostles that he would do. And also, the angel that was standing there after Jesus ascended into heaven, 
when the apostles were standing there staring up into heaven, the angels asked them why did they stare up into heaven because that same Jesus that they had watched uh, sin up into heaven on the clouds would likewise return in the same manner. So that is exactly what it is talking about here when Jesus gave this parable in Luke 19 when he said the nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return and he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten coins and said to them do business with these until I come back this is talking about Jesus going up into heaven ascending into heaven and then returning again at his second coming. So that is the third witness. Well, it's actually more than the third witness that we've seen today. It's actually the fourth witness. We saw Daniel and his vision in chapter 7. We saw Matthew 10, starting in verse 23, Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 28, and we just looked at Jesus' parable in Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 11, and we are now going to go and we are going to see what the book of Revelation has to say about this. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, but the majority of it we will see in chapter 5. Okay, so we are going to look at just a few more scriptures today and that's going to do it for this first episode in the series on the Olivet Discourse and the of course the first part was the different um the different events in scripture that are called the coming of the son of man now if we go to revelation chapter 4 beginning in verse 1 we see a scene in heaven and this is john talking here and it says after these things i looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was standing in heaven 
and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white garments and golden crowns upon their heads. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal, and in the center around the throne four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had a face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle, and the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy are you O Lord our God to receive our glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created now we're going to that that's the end of chapter four and we're going to look now at chapter five which i told you would be the chapter that would tell us the most and that we would look at the closest out of revelation four and five chapter five starting in verse one says I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I be began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said unto me, Stop weeping. Behold, 
the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a lamp, and golden bowls full of incense, excuse me, holding a harp, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang, as it were, a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom of priests to our god and they will reign upon the earth then i looked and i heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was a myriad of myriads, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom and might and honor, and glory and blessing. And every cre created thing which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And that is end of Revelation chapter 5 and what we see here in Revelation chapter 5 is the very same thing that we saw in Daniel chapter 7 and that is the Lord Jesus Christ coming into his kingdom in heaven for the Father where he receives dominion and his everlasting kingdom. This is the event in scripture that is called the coming of the Son of Man on the clouds or the coming of the Son of Man into his kingdom. This is the second event known as the coming of Jesus Christ. 
we saw at the very beginning of tonight's episode that the first event was the first incarnation of Jesus when he was born of a virgin. And the second event is the one we paid attention to the most, which is Jesus coming into his kingdom when he ascends up into heaven on the clouds, which is the same way that he will return to judge the living and the dead. Now, I do want to point something out really quick. Um, I was going to go to Matthew 24, um, Mark chapter 13, and Luke chapter 21 to look at the, the verses in each one of those chapters where it talks about the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and, and glory. But for time's sake, I think we're just going to look at, at one. And also, I'm going to explain something very important to you and this is actually the reason why it was so important that you listened to this episode in its entirety now as i was saying um, we're going to look at matthew chapter 24 at the olivet discourse um instead of Luke or Mark because I want to point something out to you and I also want to talk about something that happens in Bible prophecy whether it's Bible prophecy in the Old Testament that is talking about the first coming of Jesus or prophesying of the new covenant or it's talking and prophesying about um, end times Bible prophecy the, the study known as eschatology there is a a type of study and a concept within Bible prophecy that is referred to sometimes as already but not yet. And that is something that we must keep in mind when we are looking at the second event and the second type of coming in the clouds that the Bible talks about in reference to Jesus because 
in all actuality, when we're talking in times Bible prophecy, there's two kinds of coming in the clouds. There's two different types of Jesus coming on the clouds of heaven and Jesus coming into his kingdom and overall the events that are called and known as the coming of the Son of Man there's actually only two even though I said at the beginning, and it is true, that there is technically three different events that are talked about in this same language and using this same phrase, the coming of the Son of Man, the first event, which is when Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary, that is usually not talked about as the coming of the Son of Man or the Day of the Lord or the Jesus coming into his kingdom or the coming on the clouds. These are two events that are, like I said, they are known in eschatology as something that has a dual fulfillment. Is something that is already but not yet. So it was partially fulfilled in the first century AD, but at the same time, it will not have its complete fulfillment until the return and second coming of Jesus Christ and we are going to look at this when we look now at Matthew chapter 24 now the first thing that I want you to see and I want you to burn this phrase into your mind and I want you to apply it no matter who it is that you are listening to, who it is that you are watching, no matter who is doing the so-called teaching, always remember what Jesus says here in Matthew 24, in, starting in verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, See to it, that no one deceives you. 
that is probably one of, if not the most important thing that Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 24. See to it that no one deceives you. Now, there are many, many other things that Jesus says in between that and the passage of scripture that we are going to be looking at, but I wanted you to hear that and literally burn it into your brain so that you do not forget it. Now, verse 4, Jesus is just talking about how many will come in his name claiming to be the Christ and will mislead many and how there will be wars and rumors of wars. Jesus says, see that you are not frightened for these things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all of these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Or some translations say the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations. For my name's sake. And at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. But the one who endures until the end, the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a witness and then the end will come as a witness to all nations and then the end will come therefore when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Now, it is quite honestly, this verse, verse 15 through 21 and the parallel passages in Luke 21 and Mark 13 are literally the verses that let us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the time that Jesus is talking about in the Olivet Discourse, for the most part, 
is the beginning of the end times. Now, I want you guys to remember something. The end times started in the first century. The end times have been going on ever since Jesus Christ came into his kingdom. So ever since Jesus ascended into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of the Father, we have been living in the end times. Now, there are many, many, many different false doctrines that have been made because of this using scriptures taken out of context to deceive many even though the very first thing that I said to you all and pointed out was what Jesus says and the most important point he makes and is making at the very beginning of Matthew 24 and its parallel passages and that is make sure no one deceives you but even though Jesus takes extra care to warn people not to let anyone deceive them for the last 2,000 years people have been allowing themselves to be deceived by the doctrines of men and in some cases the doctrines of demons now next week we are going to get in a lot more to the into the abomination of desolation we are going to look in depth at the event talked about in the Olivet Discourse known as the abomination of desolation but other than just reading what it just said there that's all we're going to go into it today we've gone into quite a bit however it is very important to point out that in all eschatology or at least the majority of it including the Olivet Discourse there is the concept of partial and final or complete fulfillment. The things that Jesus talks about here in the Olivet Discourse have an initial fulfillment and a final fulfillment. The things that are first seen in the book of Daniel had an initial fulfillment and a final fulfillment 
before this study is over, I believe that we are going to see that there are quite a good many things that have an initial fulfillment and a final fulfillment that will not fully be understood until it is fulfilled. I know that I certainly don't understand the complete fulfillment of end times Bible prophecy, and I certainly am not claiming to understand it fully. I said last night, and we'll say again tonight, I think I said at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> that I reserve the right to admit I was wrong. And that certainly goes for end times Bible prophecy. But when it comes to the coming of Jesus on the clouds of heaven and Jesus coming coming in his glory and coming into his kingdom, we have the initial fulfillment that takes place in, at his ascension that was seen first in Daniel chapter 7 and that Jesus goes to great lengths to show that there will be people who are there when he is talking that will still be alive when this fulfillment begins, when these things start, or when these things happen. So in other words, when he came on the clouds initially, ascending into his kingdom to the right hand of the Father, there would be people standing there who would still be alive. And, of course, all but Judas, as far as the apostles go, or, excuse me, disciples go, were still alive when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. And, except for John, who saw in a vision, and I guess you could probably argue Paul because of the end times prophecy that he writes about. Although, now that I think about it, Paul wasn't standing there whenever Jesus, you know, initially said those things, so it couldn't have been referring to Paul, but you get what I'm saying, that there were there were people alive when Jesus said that who were still alive when he ascended up into heaven and came into his kingdom. That's what we see in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, mainly chapter 5, when Jesus has ascended up into heaven and he and he alone 
is worthy to take the scroll and to open it. That is the initial fulfillment, the partial fulfillment, the already, but not yet. And the not yet, or final fulfillment, of course, will not happen and be complete until the second coming, the return of Jesus Christ, which is what we will get into next week when we look in depth at the abomination of desolation, but also look at the Olivet Discourse. We are just going to read, we're going to start the episode off by reading the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, and subsequent passages in Mark and Luke in their entirety. And then we're going to break down the Abomination of Desolation. And then we will finish the episode out by continuing our look at what we've been talking about today in this episode, which is the different events in eschatology that are known as and called the coming of the Son of Man. Guys, I want to thank you so much for being patient and listening to this episode in its entirety. I truly enjoyed it, and I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did and learned as much hearing it as I did in teaching it. And for the Kingdom Productions Network and the Remnant Report, I am the Remnant Warrior saying until next time, God bless each and every one of you. Good night, grace, and peace.